right, everyone, welcome to this episode of Pinterpreneur. This one's going to be Eli and I talking about digital transformation and finance. Why is it happening? How we see that progressing? We obviously spend a lot of time thinking about this, given we work in fintech. And it really gets to the heart of fintech and its value prop. And, uh, you know, on that note, let's jump right into it. Eli, curious to hear your thoughts on base, like you came from a traditional crown court pushing paper around uh, and, and you know, I think jumped into this entrepreneurial opportunity because of the excitement around digital. You know, what did you see that got you excited and why do you think this space is going to grow? The obvious that it's much more efficient. You know, I think we can all agree on that, that it's uh, having to send paper documents back and forth as opposed to having it digital is pretty archaic to still have it that way. But way beyond that, I think it's more about what you can get from it being digitized. So for example, embedded finance, right? What does that mean? That basically means that a company that you're lending to or a company you're working with, you're able to sort of be already connected to the data that you're going to need as a lender to be able to not only serve the client faster, but almost be more of a proactive, predictive type of approach rather than a reactive. You know, I was one of the conferences, I know I referred to this in in a previous podcast, but there was a lot of good speakers. And one of them was talking about how being embedded into their seller, they're almost able to predict some of the cash flow issues that they may be running into and suggest solutions as a result of that prior to it happening and then having sort of a panic reaction from a small business to go and and look for for money and then being in in a position that's a bit disadvantaged for them. And so that's, I think, why we're moving towards that. There's so much more added value that we as lenders and, and others like us can provide to small businesses through this digitization. So I think that's probably my my part why I'm so excited about it. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I mean, that talk about a reduction in stress, right? If you can actually have computers help guide you in terms of what steps you need to be taking as you're running your business or your life as an individual, you know, instead of once in a while worrying about what's going on with your, you know, finances. Um, it's being that much more proactive. Yeah, look, I think that um, there's a whole bunch of trends and they kind of work together. And you know, one is obviously just the comfort level that we're all having around uh, doing things online. You know, it wasn't long ago that the idea of buying something over an e-commerce website was kind of crazy and very few people did it. Um, so you've come a long ways. That's continuing. The pandemic helped that. But I also think in particular financial services at the heart of it is just a bunch of numbers. It's a bunch of databases and it's just so ripe for digitization. Um, You know, I think the reason maybe it's been slower than you would think, uh, given that it is so data driven is because it's like high consequence, like it's big ticket. It has huge consequences. People need to be evaluating, you know, investments, insurance, credit, et cetera. Uh, for risk reasons and so on. So you uh, have this hesitation naturally to let the computer do it all. But like I said, it's really just uh, data and numbers. Um, So it's extremely kind of ripe for that. Uh, And I still, I I think today to the amount of stuff that we still do manually in finance and, you know, you realize that we're in such early days still, like there's so much more that's left to digitize and automate and, uh, you know, we're really in the early days, which is super exciting to be in the space. You know, I think that 
you know, it's my personal like prediction based on what I see as the relative strengths of different players in the space, which is I think banks are going to increasingly become, you know, utilities, super important players because they're the regulated entities that take deposits. They play that role of, of trust and stability that you need for the financial system to work. Uh, but I think increasingly that innovation layer and the customer acquisition layer and to your point on embedded finance, just being plugged into data sources real time and you know proactive offers and things showing up for consumers and businesses right at the right time, right when they need it. All that type of stuff, I think, is really going to be taken on by the fintechs out there more so than the you know traditional institutions. So I'm excited. I think the whole space, the wind's at our back. Yeah, you and I chatted with with Kevin uh, Sandu uh, a little while back, and he was talking about what's happening sort of on the solopreneur slash small business financing and how this technology and and being able to help solopreneurs predict their cash flows, help them get access to financing that they previously didn't have, you know, so on and so forth. These kind of things are going to be huge, you know, and even if you're not a lender directly, the technologies that are around this space are really enabling the the progress that we're seeing. Like there's a lot more entrepreneurs today than there ever was before. And a big part of it is how fintech is enabling this to happen. Do you agree? I do. I think it's leveling the playing field. And, you know, on the, on the one hand, it's, you know, the internet and tech has created some massive big tech companies. Uh, But I I also think that was maybe a phase, uh, you know, not that it's coming to an end, but I think that there's increasingly uh, a phase of, you know, democratization of, financial services and access to tools and things that allow a lot of, you know, smaller businesses and entrepreneurs to, to succeed. So I'm, a, I guess I'm always an optimist. That's just generally how I'm wired, but what I'm seeing here, I think it's going to contribute to sort of a more vibrant business world uh, with a lot of choice and a lot of opportunity for, for people. Yeah. I think that the flip side to that is, you know, as a consumer, we've sort of adapted and it's become the norm. On the business to business side, there is still a struggle of getting businesses to adapt and, and to be open to these new technologies, right? Uh, there's massive businesses that even today, you know, are receiving faxes or, you know, they're getting a check mailed to them or whatever. And that's just, you know, how they've done it for so long. And so I think we, the FinTech has cracked it in the consumer space to get people to really be open to this and, and progress has been made so much quicker. I think in the B2B space, we are so early on in that. And it's it'll only be when people start accepting that it's not a nice to have, it's a must have to innovate and have payment tools and other tools to uh, make it digital for your buyers that companies will actually start being more open to this. Because right now, the fintech space, there are still a lot of technologies that are being built, a lot of innovation that's already out there. It's a matter of adapting it and, and businesses being open to this. I think that's right. You know, it, it's super important for businesses to be efficient and profitable. And part of what any business operator is doing is, you know, seeing where they can be more efficient. You're always going to focus on your biggest cost centers first. Uh, and, you know, your finance function in a typical business is a small part of uh, your business, uh, unless you're in a financial services business like we are, where, you know, finance is kind of through and through the whole business. But 
Um, in a typical business, it's, it's, you know, a part of your headcount and it's part of what you need to be good at. Um, and I think maybe because it's not the biggest part, um, you know, a lot has been spent on like CRMs and ERPs and like automation within, I don't know, I'm thinking about manufacturing businesses, like automating how they do what they do. So I think that the finance function maybe is just like been a lower priority, but you know, it has to, it is a priority and there mm-hmm. are a lot of people employed in, in finance functions and, and businesses everywhere. And, um, you know, they need to become more efficient over time. And that's going to be part of what companies will have to do to stay competitive. So I, th- I think, I think that over time, it's going to keep moving in the direction of, of these digital um, experiences, but if there's less motivation, it takes longer to get there. Yeah. I think it'll, it'll, uh, become more and more evident that this is important. Obviously, I don't want to be too biased and talk about, you know, offering credit terms of buy now, pay later, but even just the, the facilitating payment is a huge thing. You know, some companies may decide to buy from a different supplier just because it's easier to pay. You know, I, I was laughing to myself as we were talking because I'm thinking about when we go for our family walks in the morning, do we go to Starbucks or do we go to a coffee shop across the street that we probably should be going to, you know, to support local or whatever, but it's just so much more convenient because there's an app, there's a payment that we can have it done and just kind of pick it up and go. And I think that that same mentality will happen in the B2B space where part of making it easy for the buyer to pay is actually a selling feature, not just a transactional thing. Completely. I think especially for small business, right? Where the decision maker is wearing multiple hats, they're, running the business and fulfilling, you know, payments. And, and, and so being strapped on time, they want to move things quick. You know, I think maybe it'll take longer actually in in bigger businesses, mid-market and large corporates where you have the finance function and the CEO and stuff kind of separate. Right. But in, in small business, absolutely. I love that example with the coffee shop. Right. And, uh, uh, but fortunately, you know, fintech's, making it so that, uh, you know, you don't have to be a giant coffee chain like Starbucks to be able to, uh, you know, make things convenient for your customers. So again, speaking to the democratization effect. And do you think the banks are moving fast enough in digitizing this process, you know, on the B2B space, at least I know like in the B2C or in the consumer space, not a lot of people are going into a bank to talk to a teller and, you know, that's been relatively advanced from online banking and all the things you can now do there. Do you think that we're, it's moving fast enough in general for the B2B space? Yeah. I I think the banks are, you know, have a long ways to go when it comes to B2B. We kind of talked about that a moment ago, how FinTech in general, whether that's driven by the bank or by FinTechs has been very B2C focused until now. Uh, I think the focus in my own experience as a, as a commercial banking customer um, has been around just delivering reports, uh, you know, in an online portal, maybe in a little bit slicker of a fashion. I've seen some evolution there in the commercial banking experience, but really um, that business isn't changing that much. And, and, you know, what I said earlier, I just, I think that you're going to see more of that innovation layer and customer acquisition layer being handled by fintechs. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing for the banks. You know, the banks, they fund the fintechs, they they provide a lot of the infrastructure, they play that important deposit-taking role. So, you know, it's symbiotic, but, you know, everyone should play to their strengths. And the bank's strength is that trusted deposit-taking institution role. Um, that's super important in the intermediation of capital. 
but the strength of the fintech is creativity, innovation, taking risk. You know, it's just a different mentality, and and they're best suited, I think, to create that digital transformation. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think a lot of people see this as a one or the other thing. As either the banks are losing or the fintechs are losing, and it's really not like that at all, because a lot of the fintechs are powered by the banks, like you mentioned. And so, yeah, I think there are some synergies for everybody to win, and especially the end consumer. Hundred percent. Something that's a little a, a little dear to me is really understanding um, the technology aspect versus the lending aspect. So we we when we say fintech, we are. You know, it's financial technology. We're kind of combining the two, and a lot of people just see it as as one in the same. But one of the greatest example is even in in our space and and buy now pay later B two B or B two C. You know, the technology that powers the platform can grow worldwide pretty easy because technologies are pretty universal. You know, if it works one place, it should work elsewhere. But lending and the regulations in in places and and the expertise in lending in each market, you know, that's that does vary. You know, it's not as easy. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think compared to, you know, whether it's e-commerce, other things that are, you know, have become massive global businesses in terms of being on the internet, like social media, et cetera. Like those are businesses that just immediately go global, right? I think financial services in general, they tend to be regulated. It's money moving around. You, you know, have to play within those rules. In the case of lending, you have to source capital and the currency uh, you know, that you're operating in. Specifically in lending, given that's where we spend most of our time and we have the deepest understanding, you also need country-specific credit models and data sources for adjudicating that credit, servicing that credit. So it's, uh, it's not that easy to just take financial services and move them around. To your point, there's certain technology layers that you know, really are easily configurable country by country. And, and there could be a software play there that goes global, but actually fully deliver on financial services. Um, you need country specific expertise and strategy in order to do that properly for sure. Yeah. So la- last thing, let's cover this here uh, before we wrap up is how do you feel like adoption is going to happen as we go forward? The way I'm asking this is when I'm thinking about online buying previously it was a hesitation to put your credit card now you know your chrome has your credit card and now you just sort of click and you go through and and you've almost it's an afterthought so how much do you think that adoption is going to keep happening quickly as opposed to do you think it's just going to be an exponential adoption going forward for fintech i think that it's it is going to be quite exponential and we're still in the early early days especially in b2b and um, fintech that specifically services small business. You know, I think in the B2C space, facilitating a payment or even providing some credit, like for instance, buy now, pay later product for consumers, you know, it's pretty simple for the most part um, relative to serving businesses, right? Like, so consumers, you know, credit score pretty quickly, you can take that data in and make a credit decision to, you know, whether or not to offer buy now, pay later. Business is tricky. No two businesses are the same. They operate in very different sectors and uh, it requires just a bit more complex of a model uh, to service properly. And and as a result, you know, it, it still takes a few more clicks and it takes a few more plugins and stuff like that. If you're a business and you want a FinTech to serve you. Uh, and so I think, 
that to me is an opportunity actually, because there's a lot more to do in terms of making that easy. So as we make that easier and easier for small businesses to the point where they really do feel like it's just as convenient as being a consumer and it's just click go, you know, as we get to that, I think you're going to see really an exponential rise in usage for sure. Yeah. And part of the complexity is in the consumer space, it's the one individual, right? Where in the B2B space, there's maybe multiple shareholders in a the company. There's, you know, there's different industries that they're working in. There may be several buyers for a particular thing. So there's definitely a lot more complexity, I think. 100%. Man. Well, that's it for this episode. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening to our thoughts on accelerating focus on digital transformation and finance. And until next time, thank you for listening to Fentrepreneur.